Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Blevins, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Siemens Startup Podcast Series, where we speak with entrepreneurs to gain insight on how they turn their innovative dreams into successful companies. Today, our guest resides in Miami. And when I think of Miami, I think of Art Deco buildings, uh, beautiful beaches, warm weather, a city that doesn't sleep. I don't think about startup companies, and I don't think of Miami as being a, a rich startup industry. But in fact, according to the Miami Herald in 2020, there was an average of 248 startup companies for every thousand people. And in 2020, there were 461,000 people in Miami. This adds up to close to a thousand startup companies, believe it or not. This truly surprised me. What was a little less surprising is that one of the strongest uh, categories in Miami was technology, with others being education, creative fields, food and drink, and healthcare, which is more of what I would have thought would have been there when it comes to startups. Yet, most of these technology companies are in the IT application development for healthcare, finance, e-commerce, logistics, gaming, and of course, real estate, as real estate in Miami is always big. We see that on television, right? As suspected, uh, there are not a lot of hard tech companies in the mix. So let's learn more about why our guests decided to pick the Miami area for their startup software and, and hardware startup company. Today, I'm speaking with Amir Imachi, Chief Operating Officer and Co-Founder of Earth Robotics, a U.S.-based software hardware company in Miami, Florida. We'll learn more about the company and its products in just a minute. Let's start by learning more about our guests. Hello, Amir. Wonderful to speak with you and uh, very much appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Can you introduce yourself and tell us about your background and what has brought you to where you are today and starting the Earth Robotics Company? Hello, Kevin. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. And I'm an entrepreneur guy since 17 years. I found my first company here in Miami. Miami always is a bridge from different countries in, in, in our continent and, and USA. So I found my first company here was a cell phone company. And from that, me and my brother, which is one is the CEO of Earth Robotics today, we start building cell phones to, to sell in Latin America. Then we sold that company and we moved to open as a software company in 2000, back in 2014. Back in 2014, talk about software here in Miami was very, very like unusual. Nobody was doing, nobody was doing software, no software developers, no engineers, something that was very difficult for us to create a good team in that moment. But we want, and we are, we are in that moment seeing that Miami will become one of the strongest city in tech because the location and the diversity we have here in the city. But it's a young city, and, and we say, okay, we need to start developing software. We start building the team. The first year, we develop our own apps. There are apps uh, that today are has been sold, and, and some of them are in the App Store. They are sus normal subscription apps, monthly subscription apps with different type of service like photo, video editing, or for different users. But in 2017, we started inside a company doing like some research and development in autonomous vehicle because we are seeing that the next phase 
and the next era of, of technology is the is the autonomous vehicle. But in that moment, the, the maturity of the market was not the best, and we, we decided to keep doing research and development for, for, for the last uh, four or five years, and we received COVID in 2020. When we received this accelerator, we call it accelerator, the COVID for technology, we see all the problems that have been there trying to be solved by humans and tasks that nobody wants to do. And we say, okay, right now is the moment to introduce robotic in controlling the environment. So our CEO, Ismael, bring the idea and say, here is a big problem inside the residential buildings. They are receiving too many packages from Amazon or Uber Eats or those, or the big companies with, with delivery package. They are receiving 200, 300, and the, and the buildings are not having a clear solution to bring the package from the lobbies to, to the resident doorstep. So in that moment, we have a, a couple of years doing some research and developing autonomous vehicle for controlled environment, and we decide to found Air Robotics, that it's a company dedicated to the automation of building through the robots, bringing the package from the lobby to the to the resident doorstep. And there, it was like a very, very ambitious project because it's a lot of involved inside a company to, to develop this ecosystem because we have to control the elevators. We have to to put in the users, the resident, in contact with the robot, and we have to build a robot. So there we began, and, and Miami is it's the next tech city of the country, and everybody is talking about it. Yeah, I'm learning more about Miami, and, and it's quite, again, it's surprising that there are these hard tech companies, but it's exciting to see that that's happening. And, and I'm not really too surprised that there's an awful lot of activity related to hard tech companies in general. So what's interesting is, is that this isn't your first startup company. You've had a couple of different startup companies, so you have that entrepreneurial spirit. Do you see a big difference between operations in a startup company related to software versus a company that's developing software and hardware? Yes. When you are a software as a service company or you are developing software, you have to deal with no physical process. When you are in touch with hardware, you need to accomplish and put in in the same page both departments. That is the key of being a software and hardware company have the two departments on the same page. So if you are doing hardware today, you have many, many different keys that you can use to make it easier, to build hardware in an easier way. So right now, to build hardware, you have a lot of software that you can use to build hardware. That's, that's what the thing what I want to say. It's just to, to build the, the company. You have to do what you have to do, you know? So rather than in a software company from an operational standpoint, you have a group that's developing software, whereas in the software and hardware, you have a software organization and a hardware organization, and your your goal is to make sure that they're in sync. Is that what you're yes, suggesting? Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. Now, you know, sometimes when, we, when I speak with startup companies, I learn that there's a story behind the name of the company. Is there a story behind Earth Robotics? Yes. When we talk about products and different technologies, we, we always forget that everything is possible. If we build a robot today, we need to understand that the robots are from the earth. 
It's not something is coming from outside. So everything you built in, in this world is coming from the earth, from the ground. If you are building a hardware and you have plastic and you have all the components, we need to use all the minerals, all the, all the, the different minerals from the earth to build something. So that's why we, we decide to, to call this Earth Robotics and it's a robot company for the earth. It's our home and it's for humans, basically. And I noticed that on your website that your mission is to make the best products on earth and leave the world a better place than you found it. This is a wonderful sentiment. Can you tell us about this mission statement and share how you're going about this? We are here all visiting the earth. And when you have the, the possibility to live on earth for I don't know, 50, 60, 70 years, you have to leave something here. Sometimes we just work for 40 years. We start studying and what we learn, we transmit that to others. And you are leaving this to others, what you learn in your, in your life. In our case and the company, in this moment, we have the capacity to build a solution, to build a, a something that is helping to to our users, like our robots are, are helping the users. So why we are saying this, if we are building today an ecosystem of robots and this robot today are helping with one task and then we keep growing the ecosystem, we can say that we found this earth without robots and we leave this earth with robots. So this is our mission, accomplish the whole task. When you compare robots to computers in the 70s computer was just for a certain amount of people that they they in that moment they can use the computer when they create or the creators of the computers or or those big companies that start introducing computer to the markets their vision was everyone need to have access to computers in this case we are thinking the same everyone need to have access to robots because the robots it's not taking jobs. Robots are helping the jobs. The robots will put the people in another level of tasks to do. Nobody wants to bring a package from the lobby to, to a resident in a building, you know? And this is not like we are taking this job. We are putting the robot there because we have to think in tomorrow's world. Something we have to think also in our, in our country, it's the natality. Right now we have zero natality and Europe have minus. In the future, we are going to be in minus. So the robots are here to help us in this equilibrium we, are, we, we want to have with the life as we know how we live in, to be comfortable. So you've talked about the robots. So I think that's a great segue to start talking about your products, right? And, and so you have developed a product and the product's name is Lou, spelled L-U. And it's a delivery robot, as you had been mentioning. There are other delivery robots in existence today. What makes Lou different? The first thing we are uh, inside controller ecosystem. There is uh, many many companies developing robots, but they are focused in last mile delivery, which they call it from the restaurant to the building or to your house. Here we are automating inside the residential or office building, receiving all the package and actually delivering the last 300 foot of, of the delivery, the last contact. 
also there is the, the big difference because we are a level five autonomous vehicle, which is completely autonomous with the whole ecosystem we create inside a building. Those other robots company are level three. They have some controller guys behind a computer controlling the robots because the technology right now is not in that moment that they can be completely fully autonomous. So that's bring while it's a level five autonomous vehicle. And, and I think there's a significance to that. So can you tell us what it means to be level five, fully autonomous versus, I, I know that I did a little bit of research, so I understand that there's a level zero, one, two, three, four, and five. And so knowing that, what is it that makes level five so important? Yeah, there is so important the level five because it's when a, a, a robot reach the capacity to think and process in real time, to receive information and think and process and, and make choice, depend of the situation. And not just to make a choice, make the best choice. There is very important. The other robots, they have to follow a rule. Let's say you block the, the lobby. They change the furniture in the lobby. The robot have every day a rule and they face a new type of furniture there. So he stopped there and he needs to be recalculate for an engineer to keep doing the task. In this case, Lou see the environment and he took a decision, the best decision and move forward to keep delivering the package. So there is a level five autonomous. We want to reach level five autonomous inside first and we are going outside in the in the future but now the focus is to be completely autonomous in a building and one of the levels of autonomous it, it talks about having human intervention so what you're suggesting is that there is no human human intervention with lou lou's making all the decisions yes that's correct level three you need a human intervention there we call it a controller guy so I guess the next question then is, you now have Lou and you, you're looking to deploy this soon. When do you see the Lou being deployed? We start the implementation next month. That will be a pilot and adoption plan in a building here in Miami. It's a 700 units building. This building is receiving today more than 400 packages. They have a big problem there. <laughs> and we are implementing the elevator control system to control the elevators. And we are starting with three robots controlling the, the first 10% of the, of the building, start doing some tasks, start doing some deliveries. And this pilot process will bring us to a fully autonomous building at the end of this year. So can you tell us a little bit about the, the efforts that go into putting the robot into a specific building? Is there some mapping of the building that has to be done in advance? Do you have to... <laughs> walk Lou around, what has to occur? We bring a camera we build with the lighter. We map the whole building. First, that took us like four to six hours in an average building of 400 units and 30 floors. Once we map the whole building, we have a pre-map of, of the existential building. Then we start sending the, the app to all the, the residents there that they have to, to download the app to start receiving package. We install the elevator control system with the elevators companies like Otis or Tyson Group. They implement our hardware, and then we install a mesh 
inside a building so we can we can always have redundancy in terms of GPS inside a, the building. And then we start just delivering the package. That's interesting. So when you're scanning, is it are you creating a um, some sort of point cloud that then re- represents the geometry of the hallway or the lobby or something of that sort? Yes, actually, with the with the lidar, we develop a software that we can see more the whole room in three D with the with the points and can have all the data in real time. And this give Lou the possibility to make the decisions. Also, we have six cameras and radars. Six cameras? Yes, 360. They are not 360 cameras, but we can see 360. There are three at the front, two on the sides, and two on the back. I think the last time we spoke, and it was a very short conversation, but we, we spoke about a survey that, that was done with the residents in the building. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and what you learned from that uh, survey? And this is a recommendation for all the startups that they want to, to start a journey. The first thing you you need to go and imagine that you already have your product and you are implementing your product and start visiting your customers. So when we start doing the, the research about the real problem, we did many, many different exercise. One of the exercise was uh, I have a few friends, they are like Amazon Flex or Uber Eats uh, drivers. So, hey, can I come with you for a week just to visit the buildings? Yes. So I start seeing the problem there with the deliveries. Then we start visiting the buildings like, hey, can you tell me how many how many packages you are receiving? No, we are receiving 200. We are receiving 300. Some of them have the lockers to solve this problem, but the lockers, it was a good idea in 2017 when built, an average building was receiving 70 package, 80 package, 50 package because of their capacity. But today a building are receiving 200, 300 package every single day. So they are taking out the, 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 the lockers from the, from the building and making this type of survey give us the idea of, okay, this problem is growing one of the New York Times posts uh, was the package problem is like Christmas on asteroids. <laughs> they, they, they mentioned that because there is too many packages in, in, in the buildings. So all the management companies, the solo owners of the buildings are telling us their different problems because each building has a different problem because they have different architecture inside a building and different management. So when you take out this problem from the building and give them 100% of the solution and you as a company think about how to make this an 100% autonomous solution, you are giving something to them. You are, you are basically, your technology is useful. It's not just a level five robot. It's not just about build a, a, a very good looking robot. It's, it's more than that. It's to build a solution. And, and this is one of the things here, the best product on the earth to live the earth better than we found it. You know, 2020 changed a lot. I look back prior to 2020 and, and how often I ordered something online and had a package delivered, maybe once every two months. But now I have packages that come in literally weekly, right? Or, and sometimes daily. <laughs> so I can sympathize with the, the, the people in these buildings who are doing the same thing. And especially in a, in a city like Miami or New York or Chicago, right? 
any of those big cities where they have so many residents living in the cities and in the, in these uh, high rises. I think it's it's pretty amazing that that you found a solution to to help them. I think that's a wonderful thing. Another question that I had for you was you have created an app and the the residents in the building have to have this app. Is there a learning process that that each of these people are going to go through? Is it a is it a simple app to use? Tell us a little bit about the the app and how it operates and and how you see the residents using this app? The good thing in our background was software developer for the last eight years, and our CEO is a industrial design and product design. One of the, 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 the big mission always is the, the UX has to be very easy to work, like intuitive is the, is the good word. When you develop an app, you have to think that this app will be in the hands of different demographies, different type of people, different languages. So you need to, to be very intuitive in, in terms of how you are approaching from the first step they use your app. The end user app, it's very simple. They receive a notification, hey, you got a package in the lobby. You want it right now? You want to schedule the package? No, I want it now. You put send and the robot it's come to you. Then he say, hey, I'm outside your door. You open your door, you pick up your package, and that's it. It's so simple for the end user. Also, it's an app for the delivery drivers because they, they have to put the package inside the robot. They have a kiosk. So this kiosk have another intuitive process. They have to put the apartment number. They put their info, and then the robot opens the door. They put the package inside the robot, and they left with a ticket. So we are tracking all the package. We have ha- we are having a record for the building, and they know all the package situations and and what happened if um, if they have a, any situation and they don't know. They have a small videos tutorial in the app. So the delivery companies themselves will be using the app as well. Yes, correct. Have you seen any pushback from the delivery? Well, you haven't really implemented yet. You're getting ready. Actually, there, there, yeah, but there is two type of package. The Uber Eats and and like we call it the expecting package. They have to deliver it through because they are bringing just one package to the building. Then you have the Amazon one. They one truck can come to the building and throw eighty package in one box. So ba- basically, we took the eighty package and start sending them to the building residents. Have you gone through some extensive testing with Lou or, or do you see this pilot as being that test platform for you? Actually, our office is an office building, five floors. The good thing, our uh, our landlord is a good person and he he's in love with the project because they have the big problem here too with the package. And we are doing tests here in, in, in our building with Lou, like bringing package and bring it to the office and having a lot of tests here. So does Lou communicate in any way with the residents, the robot Lou himself? I mean, does, does he speak? Does he, does he have a voice? <laughs> the communication is essential when you are creating a new type of product in a new type of market. One of the vision of the, of the CEO about how we need to integrate our product with people I like the idea and we are using emojis. The emojis, when you think 5,000 years ago, human communication was with emojis. They start communicating 
with symbols and drawings. And so they start communicating in that way. So how we start creating a communication with a robot and not making it a human communication, because this is a robot, it's not a human. So we are using the emojis and we are giving us a translate to this emoji, like, thank you, like, excuse me, like, I'm busy. And Earth Robotics, with the user app, is working as a third-party worker sending you push notifications, like, hey, Lou is on his way. Hey, Lou is a little late because the elevator is have a lot of people today. So we are trying to give this personality to Lou, like he's working for you. He's here for you to help you. But if you want to talk with a human, you need to talk with air robotics. <laughs> this is very important for all robots company that we don't have never to to say that robots are human. So we have to, we are trying to build here robots like human or something like that. Robots are a new type of product that it's it's here to help us. So that's why our our, our interaction is by emojis. <laughs> so you can tell I don't know a ton about the robotics side of the house, and uh, I was just curious if there was some kind of voice and, and that sort of thing. That's, make, that's make, interesting. But make, make some noises, <laughs> you know. Make some noises. Very very robotic noises. Very very fun. <laughs> <laughs> But I think you had you had a great explanation for for why it doesn't speak, right? So I think that makes a lot of sense. All right, switching gears here. You were using Siemens tools as a part of the Siemens startup program. How has your experience been so far, and where have they helped you the most? One of the the thing when you're a software developer company, and then you have to start doing hardware, and you start doing that research to choose the best tools on the market for build a, a robot, we found uh, one of the Siemens partners, Maya HTT, which was very helpful because they guide us in actually what we need. And not only guide us, also help us in the pricing because we are, as a startup, you know, we are having a, a limited fund sometimes. So, so they help us with some Siemens programs and Maya HTT helped us a lot in, in how to choose the, the right tools for what we need in, in the moment. That's good. And, and I th- I'm sure that the integrated platform that, that Siemens brings to bear is, is important to that. Um, I'm really curious about the, the future of the company as well. What are some of the future goals for Lou and the company itself? The focus right now for the next four months is to be in the first building make the adoption plan. We, we have to write a, an adoption plan. Be there, you know. We know we have many, many other things to make, but right now the focus is what we have to make in the next two weeks. This is something we, <laughs> everybody here in the in aerobotics have in our minds. What we have to do in the next two weeks. I know I have to build a, a hundred robots, but right now what I have to do, and right now the focus is bring the elevator company to the first building, make the adoption plan, be with the residents. We need to be there with the resident, see how they are interacting with Lou, how they are interacting with the solution. If we have some some errors, so bring the solution quickly, hear their feedback, and start teach the user how is the right way to live with a robot. And this is something of the of the of the short goal of the company. The longest uh, goals of the company is to bring the, the ecosystem to more buildings, to other states. Right now, the focus is Florida. 
have a very good real estate market here. And also start adding new type of service inside a building. Once you have all this communication and all this ecosystem inside a building, today is to bring the package from the lobby to the resident doorstep. But tomorrow is help you with the groceries from the parking lot. After tomorrow is to is to clean the, the hallways. And then you can start adding more and more robots to the ecosystem to help the community and make this community completely autonomous. You know, the fact that you're implementing in high rises, uh, I was interested to learn that Miami is the third largest skyline as far as high rises, only third to New York and Chicago. So there's there's a plethora of buildings there that you you'll be able to implement your tools in and your and Lou in, right? So I think that's great. And the adoption plan, uh, you're creating that adoption plan, knowing that the next building that you're going to, you're going to be able to utilize that adoption plan and implement the robot and system. It's really a system, right? So you're implementing that system much faster in the second building. Correct. That's the focus. The first one, of course, is taking more time because we are we need to be in the field to know situations. We have built a, a simulator of how the robot will be implemented in determinate uh, buildings, but we need to be there, make this adoption plan better for the second building, and then make this uh, adoption plan better for the third building. And once you have a 100% perfect adoption plan, you can replicate this in the rest of the buildings. We we have to be there. Right. Are you currently anticipating either technical or business challenges as you begin your prototype and, and that implementing in that first building? Yes. In terms of the first building, the communication is, is the key here with the end users. And the robot flow, the elevator system, we have one of the hardware we implement on the elevators is to always know how many people are inside the elevators, like the occupancy system. This is created to have always the knowledge about how is the traffic and the solution we are bringing is not there being a problem, create, generating another problem. Like, okay, you are so solving the package, but right now it's a huge traffic inside a building because the robots are coming in and coming out. So we need to understand the flow of the building to always be that type of product that people want to have, like not just to be there. So this is one of the, 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 the adoption plan and the interaction with the end user is one of the, the main thing for the company in this moment. So let's shift the focus a little bit uh, as far as questions go. I'd be interested to hear if you have advice or words of wisdom for any budding entrepreneurs or people thinking about creating a startup company. Yes, we are every day in a startup. Like our family is a startup. If you love something, the process you love, it's a, it's a startup. When you start something that you are really think is worth it to be there, the first thing you have to think is the how much you want to, to give, how much you want to, you are disposed to give, and you put it in, in a frame time. Early you start, it's better. Don't think it too much. Sometimes we think in the, to start a project one, two, three years. If you think it, you are sure the first week is start the project. And then in the process, you will see. You don't know if it's good until you start. So start it in a way. It's always a start. Start what you are thinking. We are here just for, for a visit. So do something. Do something always. 
keep moving. That's that's my my recommendation. We need to keep moving. Yeah, I, I've heard that from from other entrepreneurs or or people who are, are creating controlled focus, you know, in, in creating companies. And the other thing that comes out oftentimes is do something you're passionate about. But I think the, the question of how much time you really want to give is a very good question to ask. We're, you know, we're coming to the end of our time together today. But before we go, are there any thoughts or comments that you would like to share with the audience? Perhaps things that I didn't ask about, but you'd like people to know about Earth Robotics and, and yourself. Yes. No. First is thank you for having us, basically, because I'm I'm talking here not uh, for me. I'm talking for all the team in the company. The robots are a reality. Uh, we have uh, seen robots for the last 50 years in movies. If they are here as a solution... We need to learn how to live with robots. And this is very, very important because we as a human, the, the most precious thing we have in our life is time. And the robots, the only thing they're going to be helpful is giving us more time to be better. So this is something I, I always like to share when people talking about robots. Robots are here for give you time. And thank you. We're excited for the possibilities of, of what Earth Robotics is going to bring to everyone, not just those people in, in these high-rise buildings. So, Amir, I'd like to thank you for uh, joining this conversation today. It has been a pleasure talking with you. I'm excited about the prospects of, of making life easier for those living in high-rises by helping them get to the point where you're not only helping them with their deliveries, but helping them with heavier packages, you know, from the main door to their place of residence. So I'm excited to, for the prospects of what you're bringing to bear there. Your desire to build the best products you can build and leave the earth a better place uh, than we found it is a wonderful thought. And hopefully it will influence others to, to think the same way. So thank you for being part of this call and sharing your stories. Thank you. Thank you. For our listeners, if you want to know more about Earth Robotics and their robot, Lou, the first Level 5 fully autonomous delivery robot to be used in residential high-rise buildings and aid in the delivery of packages and goods to residents within the building to make their lives easier, you can go to their website. It's at www.earthrobotics.co. I also want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with another amazing startup company. And as a reminder, Siemens does offer special packaging and pricing for small and medium-sized and startup companies on nearly all areas of the software portfolio. If you would like to know more, please visit the Siemens website at www.siemens.com slash software for startups or one of the Siemens partners. So thanks again for listening to the Siemens Startup Podcast. Please feel free to provide comments on this episode by leaving a review on your favorite podcast site or feel free to email me at kevin.blevins at siemens.com. This is your host, Kevin Blevins. Remember, innovation has no boundaries.